everyone and welcome to episode 59 of Gutter to Gutter podcast. In this episode I'm joined by Aiden Hunt of Bespoke Coachworks. Now before we started, before we even got into recording this episode, Aiden warned me that he could talk on and on and on forever about metal shaping and I'm glad he warned me because <laughs> this, this one goes a distance guys. Uh, one of the things I love most about doing this podcast though is when people like Aiden, when they get to really, really nerd out about what it is that they do and what they love. To me, it shows the absolute passion that they have for their craft, and after listening to this episode, I'm sure you'll guys agree that Aiden's passion for metal shaping is second to none. So with all of that said, I would love nothing more than for you guys to sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Gutter to Gutter Podcast with Aiden Hunt. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Gutter to Gutter Podcast. I'm Sadik and joining with me tonight is Aiden Hunt. Aiden, how are you mate? Yeah, good man, how are you going? Doing very well, thanks mate. Um, we'll start off mate as we normally do, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do. Okay, so um, yeah, I am a coach builder uh, metal shaper. Um, I've been doing it for, uh, I think I started in 2014 roughly in the in like the metal shaping type thing. I started my apprenticeship in 2009, just in like smash repair. Yep. And um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Nice, mate. Nice. So with your with your metal shaping, you've you've done you've done a fair bit of work, and you've you've um, progressed quite quickly, I'd imagine. Um, and and you're putting out some amazing work. Let's. <laughs> Let's let's just get that one straight off the bat. Um, you know, like you've worked on cars like um, uh, Sharp HQ, yeah, uh, and a Bentley you're currently working on is just absolutely amazing. Um, so I guess we'll we'll, we'll go right back from the start and we'll and we'll get into yeah. all of that sort of stuff yeah. later. Where did your love of cars come from? Um, I guess it'd have to be it'd have to be Dad. I guess yeah. Um, he was always um, always had Chevys and stuff around 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 home um i think he even daily drove a 63 at one point yeah. um and uh yeah just i just always you know going to some of that so when i was a kid and sitting on his shoulders and pointing out all the all the chevys and tri fives and stuff like that um and then just constantly you know hanging around the shed with him and i guess it just i guess it's sort of just in your blood most most i guess most guys that build cars sort of it comes from dad um yeah. so yeah Awesome, man. Awesome. So, what kind of cars took your interest early on? Was it that? Was it the the Chevy sort of stuff, or? Yeah, definitely, definitely the early Chevys and stuff. When I was when I was little, I always um, always had big fan of like nine elevens and stuff. Um, when I was little, I always remember having like a nine eleven sort of model on my bookshelf and stuff. Um, uh, as I sort of got older, I guess I went through the as everyone does like the Fast and Furious stage when we were little. I just was at that right that right age. Um, yeah. 
you know, I so like I liked Evos and all that sort of stuff, um, and then sort of moved out of that into um, into mini trucks. Um, was into mini trucks for for some time. Um, I think it's a great place to start. Um, a lot of I think it seems like a lot of builders in Australia started off in mini trucks. You know, there's just so much platform to to chop up and you know just learn. It's such a cheap a cheap platform to get into, I guess, without cutting up something expensive like a Porsche. Exactly. Um, yep. So, uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So many of the builders today uh, started off that way. And, yeah, it's um, crazy the amount of guys that are you know all custom shop like pretty much pretty well most custom shops in australia pretty much are all yep. all mini truckers at yep. some point and yeah. it's funny back in those days like the uh, like the, the early 2000s and whatnot um all the all the hot rodders you know they'd be at shows and whatever that would that, that we'd, we'd be at as mini truckers just sort of you know pointing laughing sniggering sort of thing yeah yeah but um and now we build them <laughs> little did they realize that we were doing the same thing that they were except they were doing it better because they've been doing it longer um and we, we just had a different platform and yep, now 100%. all the guys that were doing it then are doing it now to to like that caliber again now as far yeah, as yeah. you know the hot rodders were at that point so yeah that's and, right and yeah. and now it's kind of gone in reverse where all the mini truckers back then are sort of gone into all the older stuff now yeah 100 percent. yeah which is it's yeah. it's a Circle really life. <laughs> yeah that's right really weird sort of turn of events but really cool to see too yeah so um mini truck wise what did you did you have anything yeah, I, had a, um, I bought off my dad um, a. He had like a really. Um, he built. He had like a really clean. Like it was an early '97, so it was the last of '89 to '97 model. Um, super clean dual cab um, that I bought off him when I got my L's yeah. um, for like two grand or something. It was super cheap. Um, to start off with that, I just put it. You know, I think it said a. He was sort of big on making me making sure I kept it sort of legal wheels on my piece. So I had like sixteen inch wheels that were load rated and all that sort of stuff. So it wasn't too. And I just had a set of lowering blocks. Um, after after that got I got over that pretty quickly. And then um, I think I I got the rear bagged um, by my cousin who um, is Birdie. A lot of people would know from the mini truck scene. Um, he bagged the rear of it for me, like with a DW kit. Just before they went, before they went out of business, yeah. Um, and then I drove around with just a rear bag for a little bit, got over that, and then <laughs> went through and um, bought all the front, the front, um, front end like can do arms and stuff like that from Mex, and um, and just bagged the front. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, had that for a little bit, set of billets on it, and then sort of sold it before I ever got it into paint. Um, sort of regrettable sale, I guess, a little bit, um, but. Uh, yeah, I sort of at the time was just sort of over it and wanted to get into. I was I was hoping to get into an older car, but um, sort of never really eventuated. Yep. Yeah, we won't get into the regret regretful sales. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've had I've had a few of those, and one of them one of them being yeah. the F one hundred. I um yeah, I'll never ever forgive myself yeah. for that one. But <laughs> and now just trying to buy back into them is just it's hopeless. And mental, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. So, do you currently have anything you're working on for yourself? Um, no, I don't. Um, I sort of, I guess one thing, I guess I sort of a little bit of a blessing in disguise, I guess, not a, I didn't have a massive money pit to go back into. Um, so no, cause I, when I sold my truck, it was not long that I moved, moved up to downtown to do it for a living. So, yep. um, I sort of never really got around to building a project. It was like, this is my full time, you know, 50, 60 hours a week. I never really 
wanted to work on my own stuff in the spare time. It was yeah. more just like, you know, spending time with the partner and, and eventual family. So, um, yeah, I think, I think I will start building something. I, I've got a, a plan for a 300 SL that I would like to do. So right. um, I'll probably start building that slowly on the side um, once I get a bit of space. But um, yeah, that would just be a scratch built, um, scratch built car. So there's no no plans on that meantime anytime soon. Yeah, nice, nice. So uh, as far as the the, um, the sheet metal shaping and all that sort of gear goes, tell us um, how you sort of got into that. You mentioned a um, like a panel beating apprenticeship. Yeah, so I started in Smash Repair. Um, my first shop I was at was a, a massive like turnover, like 70, 80 car a week type thing. And um, I worked with a, a Vietnamese dude that was a, a contractor in the shop. So he had his young boys sort of needed to um, get work done. So I was lucky enough to sort of French, uh, sort of fast track uh, my learning um, because we had to do we had to do bigger jobs faster than other apprentices, so um, I was able to fast track my learning a fair bit with him. Um, at that particular shop, once we got to a third year, we would go out on our own, basically as a kind of as a, as a trademan tradesman. I thought my thought my learnings were going to sort of s- slow down a little bit, so I decided to move to another shop um, that had sort of was known as one of the best sort of panel beaters in in Canberra. Yep. Um, from the, like at that shop is he sort of started taking on a couple of small restos and um, that's where I started playing around a little bit with the sheet metal like we had an English wheel so I you know made a set of spats for my um, my mini truck back in the day um, you know make a motorcycle fender for my missus dad and just little little things like that and just helping along um, sort of fumble through sort of shaping with the with the panel beater that was there he he knew he was a good panel beater didn't really know how to shape metal but he sort of fumbled through it a little bit so i sort of learnt a little bit there um but then it all sort of took off once i once i moved um moved up to downtown right okay so what what grabbed you as far as the metal shaping went what was it that, that sort of that sort of got your interest there and and was it something you like saw on tv you know like there was i imagine around that time there's probably a lot of the car shows going on and all that sort of gear was it um, something there yeah. or yeah i think um probably there was probably two um i remember as a kid there was a there was a show called rides yeah. um and the first episode i ever saw was they were building uh joe rogan's uh sick fish cooter at uh rad rides by troy um, and I think uh, there would have been Levi Green from Hammerfab would have been there at the time. And I remember, and, and I think Bob Thrash was there as well. And, and they were doing sort of like some sheet metal. Um, I think it was like tubs and, and like floor section and stuff in the in the back there. And I was like, oh, that's pretty trick. And then sort of watching Boyd Coddington's show, um, I remember sort of seeing English wheels and stuff like that um, in the background. <laughs> I was like, I would have only been maybe like, sort of 12 or so so i don't really like fully understand but i remember that i remember seeing it um uh and then and i get i guess once it was, it was just that that shop you know like learning that small little resto stuff i was like oh this is pretty cool what you can do you know do with metal like I, when i was at tech um I, I sort of flew through tech really fast and and all like i would sort of we'd go there for a three-day block i would get all my work done in one day and then the, the teacher would go, oh, what do you want to do? Like, you know, here's a bit of metal, go have a play on the English wheel or something. So that's when I started to sort of understand a little bit of what could be done with metal. And I was getting asked to do little small projects for the teacher, um, you know, like make a, a motorcycle fender or shave some doors and like just do little bits of 
sort of custom metal work, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, and that's when I started to really, I guess, get into it. And then I'd have a couple of mates from the my mini truck club, um, low intentions, you know, they would ask me to do, you know, tub their mini truck or, or something like that. So it was just all the that sort of natural progression, I guess. Yeah, nice. And it's one thing for me, it's always been like I've always worked with my hands and I've always enjoyed that the, I guess, the satisfaction of finally having something you know you've made it from the from start to finish yeah um and just just that satisfaction of seeing that finished piece working as it was intended is um is something that's pretty cool yeah that's right so you mentioned that um you did some work with downtown yep yep um, um how, did, how did all of that eventuate what happened um well i knew graham through um through the mini truck through the mini truck scene um yep. he was always sort of um hanging around always one that like coming down to you know shows and hanging around with the the li boys always sort of attracted everyone to to their crew because they were sort of the party animals and, and graham was a, as a young lad was a bit of a great party animal so um he was always sort of hanging around so i knew him through there and he was also he was part, obviously part of severed tires so um my my cousin um birdie was also a member of severed tires so um they they were friends yep um, and then, yeah, I got to the point where I finished my trade and I was just over, um, overworking, um, in the smash industry. So I just sent Graham a message on Facebook and was like, Hey, like, you know, do you have a job? And he was like, yeah, sure. So, so <laughs> basically that's how it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, so yeah. what kind of work did you go into there? Was, were you into shaping stuff <laughs> straight away? Um, yeah, basically, um, so the first thing, so when we when I first started there, um, was the first thing I got into was the the FC Ute um, yeah. refined. Um, I changed a set of seal panels on that on that car, and then we took it back to bare metal, and the car was just trashed. So um, we sort of held steady on that for like a little bit while um, some like while Damo was doing some chassis work. Um, while he was doing that, the customer also had an FE. He had an FE um, that was a four-door that was attempted to turn into a two-door by a previous guy and was roof-chopped. Um, so we went on to that and basically my first job shaping on that car was to um, sort of make the dog leg section um, to, to – the guy, the guy that had done the, the four-door to two-door conversion had just welded the rear door shut. Yep. Um, he had left all the inner structure – or like even the, um, like the, the the door striker latch and all that sort of stuff, so oh, you could wow. hear it rattle if you bang the quarter panel, things like that. So that was you know obviously not good enough. So I had to make the dog leg section basically between the quarter and the door skin. Um, so it was just a little bit of a reverse curve, and and a, a small low crown um, basically. That turned out pretty nice as as my first piece, and I was like, oh okay. Moved on to the second side and the whole quarter was just trash and then we're like oh shit we're gonna need to make a new quarter so i was like okay i I think i can make a new quarter and uh so turned out i just got the hammers and just started banging away and and made a new quarter and um i think it only took me like five and a half days or something um and that was pretty much my first piece um so from the little dog leg section and then i made a full quarter after that and then after i made that full quarter i was like all right what else have we got to make? We can. I, can, I thought pretty much thought I can make just about anything. Pretty much invincible and, at that point, yeah. And then, and that's basically what happened. Um, it was just a matter, like you know, 
and we moved on to a, a pretty cool mini truck that they had there and we wanted to delete the delete the rail um it was a mod like a 2009-ish type model Hilux um we wanted to delete the um those rubber sort of molds between the roof and the and the cant rails oh, yeah. um so, um, but the roof section is, is lower on those cars. So we're just like, oh, we'll just make a new roof. So I, I made a new roof. And then it just, from there, it was just, hey, we need something. All right, let's make it. And and then, yeah. yeah. So so you kind of, you, th- you threw yourself right in the deep end. Gave Pretty yourself, much, yeah. Gave yourself yeah. a nice trial by fire, but then, yeah. you know, just through that, <laughs> um, just kind of learnt your way through it. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So was, um, there, any, was there anything you kind of turned to as far as, um, like, uh, like to, to learn or to, to get information from for that sort of stuff? Uh, it, it was kind of just like YouTube, um, reading a book sort of thing. Like I, I, there was an English wheel book. I read, like I read that. Um, to be honest, I, I hate reading. So I, I probably didn't retain any information out of it at all. I probably should read it again. Um, uh, there was a yeah YouTube, like, you know, like a Latsy video or maybe um, like a pro shaper. Yeah. Um, there's a guy on, on YouTube as well. It's pretty good. Um, but other than that, it was just, I don't know, just, just intuitively just trying to do it, I guess. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. So with, with something like that quarter, where yep. do, where would, where would you start? Um, so paper, paper, um, pattern is always the first place to yep. start. The paper, um, is just like your roadmap basically of what you need to, what you need to do. Um, so with that particular quarter, I started with the front. <coughs> if you if you imagine like an FC, so they've got like a, a massive sort of low crown section um, down and, um, at the start of the wheel arch, then they've got like a reverse. They've got a reverse curve going into the start of the wheel arch and then over the top of the wheel arch, they've got a reverse curve that tapers out the whole way to the back. Um, and then up the top of the top of the quarter at the front, they've got um, a bit of a, I think the doors on a lot like a lower section, and then it sort of um, has a bit of a reverse curve looking thing to step up into the top. That then will run back through to the um, a, a radius section that will run to the very back of the car. Um, so, so what I I'm going to have to do is actually listen to this over again while looking at one of these cars. So I know yeah, what kind of. Talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think my my very early photos of that quarter is actually on my Instagram. Yeah. Um, so basically, I started with a paper pattern. Um, for the for the front half of the quarter, um, we so and the first thing you do was is to start wheeling up the the low crown section, um, put so to put shape into the the whole panel, um, the weird sort of reverse curve radius type bit at the top I made in a separate piece, um, just because sort of back then I I really had no idea what I was doing. It was just like get a hammer and start bashing it. Um, so that's basically what I did. I mapped it out with the paper pattern, mapped out where my radiuses and my reverse curves were and just started bashing it on a sandbag with a hammer, then clean it up, you know, with hammer and dolly or on the English wheel. Um, then with the reverse curve, reverse curve section, I actually did it. Um, I actually did it wrong now that I, like I would do it differently to what I did back then. Yeah. Um, these days I would linear stretch the, the outer edge and, um, to, to flick the reverse curve up, leaving like the the sort of center of the of the reverse um, sort of not touched. But I don't I don't even know what I've done. I think I just started. I think I just got a hammer and just started bashing in the reverse, like 
reverse curve, like in the that sort of valley over the top of the wheel arch. I think I just started bashing it with a hammer, and I don't, I, I really don't, can't even remember what I'd done. I, it was completely wrong, whatever it was, but it got the result. Um, but yeah, I just kept on hitting it until it looked right, basically. And um, like I said, it, it actually turned out to be quite a nice piece. Surprisingly, um, I had no idea what I was doing. I just sort of winged it the whole way. Um, in I think in the middle of that time when I was doing that quarter, I think halfway through the week or something, um, Graham had been down to um, down to Custom Garage where they were having the rear quarters built for Sharp, yep. and he come back and was talking about like the way that um, Jamie from down um, Jamie Downey from Custom Garage um, TIG welded. And the, so the way that we used to TIG weld at downtown prior to that was like um, similar to techniques I think we saw from like the roadster shop, which is like sort of um, like 10 mil sort of increments of, of like, say like a TIG weld, like 10 mil increment, then 10 mil increment, 10 mil increment. And then he come back and was like, oh, you should have seen the way Jamie was, you know, welding like he was just, you know, pumping out like these massive, massive beads. And we we're just like, oh, no way. And I, I gave it a try. I remember giving it a try in that quarter. Um so one, one, another thing I was completely just, I was just winging it to be honest. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I actually did. I think I got a pretty nice result, all things considering. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the scary thing is there is obviously you don't want to put too much heat into that panel, right? So you don't warp it. Yeah. Well, that's actually a, a bit of a misnomer that most people don't understand with yep. welding um, is that people, it scares the shit out of people, right? Um, because you do you you weld it and you watch your panel just buckle and you're like oh what have I done? But essentially all that's happened is you've just shrunk that small area of the metal, yeah. Um, and that's that's what's caused the distortion. So basically, once you are finished welding, you just relieve it with a little bit of hammer and dolly work, and the yeah. panel will just sit back to where it lived in the, in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, right. And that's the, one of the biggest problem people have is they will weld something. They won't. They won't address the world first. They yeah. will start repairing the damage, and and then they and then they address the world, and then they've got a panel that's got too much shape in it or whatever right. it is. Yeah. yeah. Best thing to do with that is always just address the world, and then if you have got a little bit of damage afterwards, address it. But ninety nine percent of the time, it's all in the world. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. And obviously, TIG is the way to go when you're trying. Hundred percent. When it comes to sheet metal, yeah. most most definitely. Yeah. 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 Obviously, the, the the MIG itself is too much heat, too much wire. Is am, am I yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah, too much, too much wire. Um, it makes it very like very hard and very brittle. Yeah. Um, it's hard to sort of bash on a MIG weld a lot to. Um, it's hard to bash on a MIG weld a, a lot to sort of plenish it out nicely. Um, yeah. it'll want to it'll want to fracture, um, sort of tear away from the parent metal. Um, yeah, so you just you're just more prone to cracking and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, nice. So is is there anything like like that like that sort of stuff? You know, like anything like that along the way that's really lifted your game? You know, like like you said, you throw yourself in the deep end. You didn't really, didn't really really know what you're doing then, but you know, you just as you've gone along, found yeah. some uh, bits um, and pieces. Is there anything that's really sort of lifted your game and sort of even sticks with you today? Um, I think I think one of the biggest I think one of the biggest things. I don't know if it's like, I guess it is something that I that I learnt, but I, it was just something I just, I guess I just figured. I think I, I don't know if I read it in a book or if I, if I just sort of just figured it out. But basically, I, I figured out 
that there's only four things that you can do with metal. Um, you can shrink it, you can stretch it, you can cut it, and you can bend it. And, right. and you can't really do much else. I mean, I guess there's a fifth thing. I guess you can weld it so you can join it back together. Um, but really, and if you get rid of cutting and welding, there's only really shrinking, stretching, and bending. And then it's just understanding what those functions are. So like a bend could be, um, you know, putting it through a slip roller, um, folding it, uh, um, bending it over your knee or, or whatever it may be. So literally just you're, you're doing a function to the metal that isn't changing uh, the area value of the sheet. So say you have a, a 300 by 300 square piece of sheet. If you were to put, bend it with your knee and and then fold it, you haven't added any material and you haven't taken any material away. Um, if you were to shrink the metal, say you were, you were trying to create like a, a wheel tub or something and you shrunk one edge of it, the material is actually going to get shorter over like if you were to somehow be able to flatten it out or measure it, the mid, there's not going to be a 300 by 300 square anymore because you've yep. shrunk it, like you've shrunk it. And then in reverse, if you were to grab an English wheel and start wheeling up the center of the panel to create like a low crown or a high crown panel, the panel is going to be longer. So I, I guess like one of the biggest things was figuring out those functions and and how to really, how to utilize how to utilize them properly, I guess. Yep. Like, so knowing where to, to shape as in stretch or shrink and yep. then where to form, which is, you know, um, bend or, or whatever it may be. Yep. Um, because like with, with a panel, a lot of the time people can have their panel looking like it's quite close and they will just go and they'll go, Oh, it, it just needs a little bit more shape here or something because it might not be sitting properly on their, on their bark or on their um, the the repair patch that they're making, and they'll go put it in the English wheel and they'll stretch it. Where um, maybe all they needed to do was just change the form by like by bending it, like trying to t- like bend a corner or something like that, sort of straighten it out or whatever yeah. it may be, just by manipulating the metal. Um, that, that that form form and and shape is a massive is a massive thing people run into problems with um, because they'll go in the English wheel, they'll do a little bit more stretching, go and put it back on, and then they've you know, they, they might, putting it through the wheel, they might have manipulated the form a little bit and then they'll go take it back to the panel and the form might be sitting on the panel but it might be too full now because they've stretched the center of it too much or something. So, yeah, um, yeah that was one of the big, uh, that was probably one of the biggest. Once you figure that out, metal shaping is like really easy. Right. Yeah. Nice. So who who are some of the, the people in the industry that you look up to? Um, <coughs> as far as um, like... So like metal shapers and coach builders and yep. stuff, I would say um, uh, uh, Jamie uh, Downey because I I actually know him. Like it's, a, it's he's sort of one of the only guys that I've actually sort of met that's um, like the coach builder metal shaper. Yep. Um, but then there's guys in in Australia like there's guys like Brian Tanty. Um, there's a guy called Ryan Whitling. He's no of what I'm aware. He's no longer in the industry, which is a little bit sad because he was mega good. Um, uh, Mark Nugent. Um, Guys like that. There's some guys in in the states that are that are super good, like Mike Wagner from Cornfield Customs and um, uh, Josh Bullock uh, from True Metal Shaping, stuff like that. There's a, some really like really really top metal shapers around around the world. In terms of custom car builders, um, can't go past Rad Rides by Troy, uh, Roads to Shop, um, of course Downtown. Um, 
uh, I think that they're doing some pretty good stuff. Um, deluxe deluxe rod shop down in Victoria doing some really cool stuff. Um, but then there's uh, you know there's guys like I look up to say like Aiden Donald. Um, you know, he's in a completely different part of the industry yep. to me. But um, you know, it's just I like seeing cool stuff all over all over the spectrum. Um, yep. Yeah. With with that in mind, I guess if if we go sort of back onto Aiden Donald, how how easy would it be for you? to make something off a rendering? Um, like yeah, if, you, if you needed to make a guard or a panel or something like that off a rendering, how easy would that be for you? What would, <coughs> the, what would be the the sequence um, of events, I guess? Um, little, it's a little tricky off the rendering. It just depends because it sort of depends, I guess, off how... Like if I had a vehicle, if I had a vehicle there, yep. um, I guess it would just be sort of visually sort of um, looking at... Um, so say like so well let, let's say for instance say the the sharp yeah right um, we had we had a rendering of, of that car done it wasn't completely um, accurate to what we were doing but in the rendering it had coke bottle it had coke bottle um, front guards and rear guards right like it had a yep. coke bottle shape um, originally the rear the front guards were just widened but they weren't coke bottled um, after we had the rear quarters made and we got the car back in the shop Graham wanted. Um, Graham wanted the Coke bottle effect on the guards. Um, so I had to make them. Um, so we just looked at, we looked at the rendering and it was like, okay, what do, what do we want to do? The, the, it needs to be, you know, it needs to be wider in the center. What we've got is a lot flatter. We need to widen it in the center. We want to like show like we want to deepen that reverse curve, yeah. um, that, that the HQs have through that, that body line. Um, and it was just going through the steps of then shaping the metal. Um, the first guard you sort of have to, you have to kind of wing it a little bit because you don't have, you can't really make a real accurate paper pattern because you've got nothing to go off. Yep. You're sort of just making sure you've got enough material. Usually you make it in more pieces because you're just not sure how how things are going to go. Well, especially at that stage of my um, sort of shaping, I, I still wasn't, like I didn't fully know how, like so the, f- the first times I used those, um, the first time I built, the, the, the I think it was the right-hand guard, um, it was the first time I ever used uh, thumbnail shrinking dies. So I, we, they showed up. I YouTubed a video how to use them that night. And the next day, um, I had to make a front guard for, for the HQ. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so, so that's sort of how it went. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's that's really cool to hear. Like even even the pros need need uh, YouTube. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we had never used them. We no, had never mad. used them before. That's we so had cool. the Pull Max and we yeah. and the, we had these die shot from the states. And Graham was like, "You know how to use these things?" I was like, "No, nah. <laughs> I've I've read a book. I've yeah. read a book, and that's about it." And then, and then he was like, "Well, you better figure it out." So I went and figured it out. Yeah, nice. So with the when you say the Coke bottle effect, are you talking like if you're looking down on top of the car? <laughs> You, you're trying to give the car itself the shape of that coke bottle where it kind yeah, of exactly, waves, yeah. waves yeah. out like it's, yeah, it's exactly. kind of wide narrow then wide again yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so when <coughs> they initially sure widen the, yeah. yeah exactly In, initially when they widen that that hq they split just the top of the guard yeah. and they widened the whole like so that the the front sort of vertical section sort of moved out and they put a strip in the top sort of flatter section yeah um so they didn't actually change that they didn't sort of coke bottle it at so all. It, it, just, it just was more of a wedge. Thing out, yeah. yeah, it was more of a wedge um, compared to a coke bottle effect. Um, and then once we got the rear guards, the front guards just sort of didn't suit it. So um, yeah, we went for the went for the coke bottle in the front. Awesome. Yeah. So so how is 
how is um like doing what you do metal shaping and 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 building all of these cars how has that affected the way you look at cars now um quite massively yeah um uh i I sort of i sort of don't really pay much attention to the whole car i guess I, i i pay attention to the way that the car is as in terms of like the way that it flows or its form um but I don't I don't get lost in the in the in the rest like I, I love like I love good details and all that sort of stuff but a lot of the time I find myself just like getting lost in the just getting lost in the car itself so like I, I am always like staring at just any car on the road like it, yeah. it could literally be like um, you know a Mitsubishi like sumo truck or whatever it is and like because they've got some form of detail on them so like I'm always looking at you know those sort of um you know like i like looking at like say like a modern mazda um the way that their doors have these weird like sort of line like so like i'm looking at i guess like the highlights and like sort of the yeah. way that they're um like the way that their their body sort of flows um together more so than the way that you know um like the whole car a lot of people would just say, oh, look at those sick wheels and that shiny yeah. paint job or, or whatever it would be where I'm like, oh, you know, look at the way that um, that body line transitions through into the quarter, then wraps around, you know, th- yeah. just little things like that. Yeah. yeah. And then I've tried to just incorporate, like I, I, I spend a lot of atten- time looking at modern cars and how modern design, um, how they um, sort of make the whole car sort of work together. Yep. Um, a lot of like a lot of old vehicles, um, like I say old Chevys and stuff, like they're really cool because like they're those big heavy bumpers and um, like flashy sort of chrome bits and stuff. But they never really thought about. They have a lot of like cool sort of shapes and stuff, but they never really thought about how the whole car design together, sort of works yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. So like I saw this. There was a really cool video. I go back and watch it all the time on YouTube. Um, it was like the, the designing of the Aston Martin One Seven Seven. And um, the head designer there was speaking about a particular line that they had that sort of followed from one side of the car and it wrapped all the way around, all the way to the other side. Like, so it started at the headlight and wrapped all the way around the body to the other headlight and stuff. So I always think about like that sort of stuff when I'm working on a car, like how um, I can make those sort of things happen. So like say the Bentley, for instance, that I'm working on at the moment, um, the, the shut line of the, of the front bumper, I moved. Oh, well, it's a custom front bumper, but I made the shut line of the front bumper finish at a point that goes up onto a line on the guard. It goes over the edge of the guard, through the door, up onto the quarter panel, down, and it finishes at the same point on the custom rear bumper at the shut line. So it's like that. There's like this one line that wraps all the way around. You know, so then if you were to yeah. follow the bottom of the bumper, that would go all the way across and then start and go back up the other side of the car. You know, so it's like a whole sort of 360 line, yeah. basically. So um, so you're thinking in terms of like wrapping around a car where most people looking at a car, kind of, you look at that, that, I guess, the side profile of it and you, and, and you might sort of notice, you know, the way the way a curvels, a body line will sort of curve over <laughs> and, and, and move towards the back. But that's it. You're not sort of yeah. wrapping around the whole car with it, but you're thinking... Yeah in a 360 sort of yeah i just trying to yeah just trying to make the whole like the features of the car work together with the rest of the Tie car in together yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. really cool that's so cool yeah. and I, I that's sort of more it's not necessarily metal shaping but it's 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 more probably car design because that's like 
when I was a kid, that was a, that was what I wanted to do. It was always car design that um, that really caught my eye. Yeah. Um, and I guess now that I'm shaping metal and I'm able to take these cars um, and and really like radically change them and and stuff, that, that's my design, like my inner designer, I guess, trying to come yeah. out in me, like that. Um, sort of living out the instead of being able to go through the the uni route and go into manuf- like you know, into the, the design studios, I guess this is my attempt of it. Yeah. No, that's that's really cool. So are there any certain type of cars now that really catch you mentioned, yeah, like the, the lines of a Mazda, is there anything that really catches your eye because of its shape or something like that? Any of the modern cars today? Um uh modern cars. <laughs> I think Mazda are doing I reckon they're doing some cool things. Just they're just inter- they're just interesting shapes. Um I think they're doing pretty cool stuff. Um uh, I'm always, I mean, I, in terms of car, I'm a big fan of European European cars. I always just think Europeans have cool, um, pretty cool design. Um, sometimes they can get a little bit too sharp and boxy, like, you know, modern Audis and stuff, although they look pretty cool and vicious. They can be a little bit sharp. Um, but, um, I mean, I've always I've always been a big fan of, of older cars. I think there's almost, like, you look at, like, old, like, Duesenbergs or... Um, you know, um, I, I love the 300 SL Mercedes is probably my all-time favorite car, yeah. um, I would say. So, um, yeah. Awesome, awesome. So, so round and... Round and... Yeah, just... <laughs> bulbous. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess. It's just, those, it's just those real sort of like, I guess, yeah. like sexy shapes, you know? Yeah. Like, they're just... There's just so much... Um, uh, well, I don't even know what the word for it is. It's just like interest, or um, yeah, it's just like a sex appeal that that, that the car has. You know, like it's yeah. just um, you know, it's classy, it's timeless. It, yeah. It's not, yeah. yeah, yeah, nice. So we've mentioned uh, refined, uh, yeah. sharp, the Bentley you're currently working on. What are the, what other cars have you worked on over the years? Um, I done a li- I done a little bit on the HT. Um, that that downtown done i didn't do a whole lot i just done a little bit around the bumpers made the boot skin made the bonnet skin um on that i didn't do a whole lot refined refined and the sharp were my most times at, at downtown um yeah. uh i think i spent like two and a half years straight or something on sharp which is just ridiculous wow um yeah so, um, what's, <laughs> what's, so what's your opinion of um of monaro's now um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm very still into, um, very still into them. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love Sharp. I think it was, I reckon it was a cool car. I mean, it's, it's definitely got its, um, critics. Uh, but look, I think, I think what, uh, what Peter and, and, and Graham together sort of wanted to do with that car, I think they definitely, um, definitely achieved it. And look, some people don't like it, but the amount of work, like most people, that want to criticize that car wouldn't even understand you know five percent of what's gone into to make that thing exactly um, i mean for for things yeah. like for things like that like that kind of thing it always always takes me back to a mini truck back in the day but yeah a lot of yeah. people never ever pay like, like you said they don't understand the work that's gone into it no. and that's one thing you got to be able to appreciate whether you like the car or not yeah like, you know there's some some styling cues on that that I wouldn't go for, but I, I wouldn't also play around with the car like that. You know, I would have just yeah, built exactly, the car yeah. as it was. <laughs> so, but I can absolutely appreciate all the work that's gone into it. Yeah, and um, yeah. It, it, that takes me back to a mini truck back in the day. I think it was called Tub. The number plate on it was Tubsy. It was a Rodeo yeah, okay. um, in Sydney. 
and the owner was yeah you know shaping and welding things to it all over it and it was it was a bit of an eyesore but there were some things that were really cool on it other yeah, things didn't yeah. work so much you know he'd sort of welded in his own spats and made them one piece to the tub oh, and, yeah, and that yeah, didn't work so well yeah. but he he shaped like a, a door handle at the top of the uh, b pillar yeah, on the door yeah, yeah um he'd made his own front bar and, and just all these other, all these little bits and pieces. Just wild on it. stuff. It was, yeah. yeah, it was, it was like, I mean, like it was back then. It was the Wild West. So he was, yeah, he yeah. was just reaching into his imagination and just making things happen. And some of it yeah. you didn't like. Some of it was really cool, but you had to appreciate the work that he was putting into it. And yeah, it always yeah. turned up to a dart meeting, like it was ready for paint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which was, which was, which was really cool. You know, like so, yeah. it could have been like a month since you saw it last and now there's something new on it so he's yeah, al- yeah. Was always in, into something that's awesome and that's yeah. what i love to say i love to see the fact like i don't have to you know like you said love it or hate it i don't have to like the car to appreciate the work that's gone into it yeah yeah and i think that's the, the way most people have to view have yeah. to view things there's too much uh oh, there's so much there's so much hate in the in the automotive scene like that it's just yeah we like it's like you didn't wreck you didn't wreck it like you didn't wreck it There's like how many hq minaros did they make you didn't you didn't wreck anything like they didn't wreck it <laughs> like and and from if what, you want to look at another one was, if you don't like it from what that car was you absolutely didn't wreck it oh exactly the thing was the thing you was saved it. like the yeah. whole bottom quarter of the car didn't exist yeah so like yeah all they did was put another minaro back on the road yeah and you know it'll outdrive anything any other minaro that's pretty much been built anyway so it's like yeah, I don't know. It does make sense to me. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's two and a half years on that. Yeah. Thereabouts. Um, yeah. And I spent um, a, a year, we spent a year on, on Refined. Um, then I spent a little bit of time on the HT um, and then a little bit on another project that was at, at downtown. Um, it was a HG Monaro um, that I just built the, I've had it on my Instagram um, and I think Graham would have had it on his in the past as well. It was like just a crazy tunnel and wheel tubs that I'd done for it, but then it never got any further at the time. Yeah. Um, and then after I left downtown, I had, I moved back to Canberra um, to start a, like a soccer coaching um, business. Yeah. Um, so I actually was out of the game for like probably two and a half years. Um, was it, was then, that, was that burnout or was it? Um, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It was, a, it was a little bit of burnout, I think, um, and I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what it was. I guess, you know, coming back, to, I wanted to come back to Canberra, like that's where um, my family were. Like we had, we just had our son was two, um, had not long turned two, and we were due to have our second baby um, in a couple of months. Um, so I just, you know, I just wanted something. Just wanted something different, something that I thought um, would give us more time as a family. Yeah. Um, and stuff, right. you know, like my son was obsessed with soccer back then, so it was just a choice that we made at the time. Yep. Um, so, so I had to... Sorry. Sorry, guys. So, so you're you're fr- from Canberra originally? Uh, I'm from Goulburn, which is like Goulburn. 45 yep, minutes yep. down the road. Um, yep. So but my, I'd done my apprenticeship in Canberra and I moved down there when I was like 17. Yeah, gotcha. And yeah. So, so you've moved from there up to, I believe, to I believe it's around Taree, Taree yeah? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so we lived in Foster and Taree over the four years that I was so there. That's, that's a five to six hour trip, um, is that right? <laughs> from Probably. Canberra, it's six hours, yeah, about yeah. five hours from Goulburn, yeah. So yeah. that's that's a fair fair move to sort of just yeah. up, up, yeah. root, up root and move up there. Yeah, did, you have, did you have um, kids at that time? When no, you moved up? no, 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 no. Okay. No, it was just me and my partner. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that's not too bad, but yeah, when you're trying to uproot, you know, family and whatever else to, to move somewhere tricky. to, yeah. to um, 
to chase a career it's, it's difficult yeah. yeah but it was an opportunity that i just had to i just had to take like um my partner had just not long at the time had not long just gotten a new um like job she was like in banking um but i was sort of just over the smash industry canberra was just giving me sort of like gray sort of like i just felt like i was on groundhog groundhog day so it was just an opportunity that i had to had to take because i knew that it would sort of shape my career um going going up to downtown um and then yeah we spent that four four good years there and then and then come back um to had two and a half years off then i decided that i wanted to get back into back into it um real steel had been um sort of wanting me to to you know i knew a couple of guys that worked there so they were they had been sort of prodding me every now and then to to come in and talk to them and stuff so um i went into real steel and um I worked there for like nine months. Um, Why I still like I still had my soccer coaching business. Um, I done some re, like wide and quarters for a three five six there, and um, made some some bits for a Tirana. Um, and then I needed to take three months off um, to do. We we're having like a, a massive sort of thing happening in our soccer coaching business, like in terms of like system sort of stuff that I needed to do a lot of admin work for. Yep. Um, so I took three months. Took three months off. Um, which they said was cool. And then when the time kind of come back, they had gone through some business changes and no longer required, required me. So, um, and then one of my mates down here um, had been, uh, he gave me a call and said, oh, like, had you heard that, uh, that Lucky Speed Shop had moved from Sydney down to Canberra? And I was like, oh, no, I had heard of Lucky's um, before, but not, I didn't know they were in Canberra. And he was like, yeah, cool. So he's been, he's been, he heard that you were sort of a free agent and he might give you a call in a second. And then I got off the phone to him <laughs> and, and had, a, yeah. yeah, I got off the phone, I got off the phone and, and my phone, and then my phone was ringing instantly. Um, and, and Ben had said, uh, this is on, on a Tuesday or something. And he was like, oh, come in tomorrow. I've got a job for you. So um, I, we, I went in and then walked out with a full time job with Ben. And then that was when I started on the Bentley. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So you, we've, we've spoken about the, the body line you're sort of carrying right through pretty much 360. Um, yeah. That car is amazing. How, tell us, where do you start with that? Well, what have you, what have you done with it? Okay. For stars, um, I guess? So when I got there, it was just a roof chopped. It was just a roof chopped Bentley. Um, yeah. They had, they over, over just before I started, um, they had, they had roof chopped. <clears throat> sorry um they had roof chopped the car and um so i had no sale pad. it was like literally just chopped and brought down um so pillar was cut out um and then ben said to me that the customer wanted to turn it from a four-door to a two-door um they have alloy um they're such a big heavy car that all their bolt-ons are alloy um to try and save weight yep um so um and obviously the 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 body is steel so i had to make um, new re- if we don't turn a four door to a two door, I had to make new rear quarters. So um, I started with the with the rear quarter. We basically moved the pillar back to a place that we thought would be a good quarter, sort of give us good quarter panel size. Um, a paper pattern, the alloy door skin, and then just started making the new the new rear like one of the new rear quarters. Um, then I. What did we move on to next? Then we moved on to the the front door. Um, the front door needed um, to be extended, obviously, because turning it from four door to a two door. So, like, so yeah. So the what was the rear 
the the front door got extended. I think it was like 150 mil um, on the on the back on the back edge. Um, so and we we remade the door out of steel um, just because we were, we were going to do um, suicide suicide doors and stuff. So we thought it'd just be better to to be able to reinforce it all with steel compared yeah. to alloy, like for the inner door frame. So we just decided to make a steel steel rear door uh, front door. Sorry. Um, so I made the front door skin. Um, and we just done like a few little changes with like, um, like we shut lines and stuff. So, um, like, you know, slimmed up the, the rear pillar. Uh, oh, what, we, oh, what was the, what was the pillar? We slimmed it up. Um, it was, it used to be like a hundred mil, uh, 110 mil or something wide. And we changed it to about 50, 60 mil, okay. um, just to make it look a little bit more slimline. Um, change just the front shut lines. Like, and this is another one of those, like just the way the whole car sort of flows together. So, yep. um, at the front of the door, they had like a, originally they have like a really weird way that they sort of step around the pillar and stuff. And that looks really dumb. So, um, just sort of clean that up, put radiuses on the bottoms of the edges and stuff like that. Um, after we done the doors, um, I made the, we made the set like the sail panel, um, sail panel section. Um, like I said, the rear, the rear pillar, um, yeah. section where it flows down into the recorder. Um, then I moved on. We were, we were about to move on to the, about to move on to the boot skin. And I was sitting there sort of looking at the car. I had, we had chopped the boot skin up cause they're really humpy, like in the back of those cars. Yeah. And we had chopped the boot skin up and sort of just taped it together. And we had it sitting there and I was just sort of staring at it for half hour or so and, and realized that. Um, just the way that there was two points on the, like basically two highlight lines that my eyes were picking up and it was basically from the, um, the start of like the, as the sail panel sort of flows down where it starts the reverse section and then on that, on that radius and then where the boot would sort of start. And then the way that correlated with the sort of reverse section that's goes from the quarter panel that flows up into that. Yeah. It, the lines looked uh, um, parallel and yeah. and it just felt like the way that the car it needed to taper. So um, Ben was out of the shop at the time and I gave him a call and was like, hey, I've got a problem with this car. I need to fix it. Is that all right? And he goes, yeah, okay, I trust you. And then I'd, so I just got the, <laughs> I just got the hacksaw out and just chopped like a half an inch out of the back of the car yeah. to, to like to change the angle of the, of the rear shelf. Yeah. Um, and then he come in and was like, oh, that was obviously the right thing to do. Um, then, yeah, so then we moved on to the, moved on to the, the boot skin. <coughs> so basically we brought the, um, brute, bought, I think we took like, um, what would it, it would have been about, a, about an inch, I think, out of the vertical sort of height of the boot skin and then lent it over, like so laid it, um, laid it back towards the car to give it more of like a fastback type look. Yep. Um, I think it was about an inch and a half we probably took out of that section. Um, so we sort of just, we cut it up and sort of taped it into what we thought looked, sort of sort of flowed. And then I made some profiles, um, made a buck for the rear, for the for the rear boot skin out of like just out of MDF, yeah. um, and then shaped up the the boot skin. Um, after the boot skin looked great, we're like sweet. That's the that's the rear end sort of sort of done. Um, we moved on to the front guard. Um, front guard. The front guard had 
uh, a little bit of like poor repair and rust and stuff in it from a previous shop. Um, so I had to, I had to address that for starters. And then the, the customer wanted to do something with the headlight in that car. Um, he wasn't happy with the headlight and he wasn't happy with the, the Parker light. Um, that was the Parker light that was sitting up on the, um, it sits up on the main sort of, I guess, pontoon section of the front guard. Um, so that he wanted that deleted. Um, and then I I felt looking at the car that it had too much of like a real, like the rear end had like all these like nice, like the quarters have like these nice, like sharp lines and all this sort of stuff. And the front just looked like a big egg. And yeah. I wasn't happy with that. And I said to Ben, can we make it like they had the continental in that. So this is just a standard S one, um, yeah. like, which is the four door, four door saloon type car. And they had the two door uh, continentals had like this really nice peak over the top of the guard. And I was like, can we do that? And he was like, all right, sure. Um, so I, we peaked to the front guard and then, at, well, we decided we we're going to peak the front guard. And then with all that, we're like, all right, let's just make a new guard. All these modifications, we're going to spend so much time welding in all these patches. It just makes no sense. Um, we'll just, we'll just make a new guard. Um, so I start with paper pattern again, as I was paper patterning, I was marking out all the, um, so they've got like a step body line, um, that goes through the door and the guard. And then they've got like another sort of, um, sort of sharper peak line, um, on that guard. And I was noticing there's like a weird, uh, a bit of a correlation, I guess you could say like the relationship between the two lines were, um, just funny. Like it, yep. it sort of like stepped away, like it, it just didn't, it didn't flow very nice basically. So we moved those lines around sort of five mil here, 10 mil there, um, stuff like that. Um, as, as I was marking out the paper pattern and then, and then, yeah, we just started shaping it. I shaped up the new guard. Um, we changed the, the intersection where the tail, where the headlight was, um, we just made that into a big reverse curve section, which it never had. It used to just be really, um, really flat and ugly through there. So we re made that reverse curve all the way through. It's a big tapered reverse curve. It goes all the way through around the, um, so from the, uh, horizontal section into the vertical section, reverse curve all the way through. That was cool. Um, then moved on to the bonnet after I'd done the guard. We had, uh, sorry, we had fitted the grill, fitted the original brass, brass grill, um, put the bonnet on the car and they wanted to make the bonnet a one piece. Um, so once again, I didn't like how it was just a big flat section. So I thought, oh, let's put a cool peak in it. So I made a bit of a tapered, tapered reverse peak. Um, and welded that into the into the alloy bonnet. Um, then, looking at the grill on the car, we decided that it was too big and heavy, and it could would look better if it was slim, like sort of uh, shorter, slimmer, um, and that and that would give us more shape in the front of the in the front of the bonnet, like because the front of the bonnet just sort of stopped. It was like literally just like a piano hinge type bonnet. It just stopped really abruptly. It just didn't same thing it just didn't sort of flow with the rest of the car so i thought if we could you know shape over the the front section so like um basically the, the front of the car had like this you know where the grill sort of it radiused up nicely into the bonnet but the bonnet edge was just really flat so i just replicated what was sort of on the what was the grill um but welded into the bonnet just to sort of make the shut lines um yeah. work a little bit nicer um so then we had to make a new grill i made a new grill um, and then it was just basically repeating the process on the other half of the car. So remaking the front guard, the door, the quarter, 
Um, then it come time for bumpers. Uh, the original bumpers on that car are ugly and they don't really suit the car at all. Like there's no, um, there's no, there's nothing that it speaks to. Um, like they're just, they look kind of like a H, um, HDTK Monaro bumper actually um, on the front of that car and they're just, they're just horrible. So um, I got, I got some um, high density foam board sort of taped it into the section of what I, um, taped it into the section of the of the of the front bumper, and sort of just come up with a come up with a, a shape. Um, so with like the front bumper, it's got like the crazy reverse and stuff that the the front guard had to make it to make it look nice. Um, tucked it in nice and tight and stuff like that. It's not. I don't like to make bumpers bumpers like super tight where they're completely flush yep. because I just feel like it's not a bumper then. Yeah, um, on certain yeah. cars it works all right, like a like say like a Charger or a Cuda or something, but a lot of the time they need they need a little bit of um, like say like with the FC and, and even with Sharp we've done the same thing like they were still they were tucked in but they were still stepped off the body like seven yeah. or eight mil yeah um and they have a little you have a slightly bigger I usually run a slightly bigger gap for a bumper than what you would a door just same thing it just it's a bolt on it's chrome it's yeah. it's just a different panel you know so um, yeah made made the front. Made the front bumper out of foam to start off with, um, and made a made a profile that I liked, um, and then paper patterned it, shaped it out of um, out of two mil steel. Um, I started with only half a bumper, just so we could, because I think we were, I think we were, at the time we were doing one half of the car just so the customer could, could come down and see yeah. basically one half of the car finished. Um, so. Done one half of the bumper bar, then went on to the rear. Unknowingly, I the shape that I'd done on the front of the bumper, uh, the shape I'd done on the front bumper, like the profile and the rear bumper, actually like they're completely identical. I didn't I didn't plan it like that. Like I yeah. done I done the front bumper, made the front bumper, and I took to do um, to make the the pull max die to to shape the front bumper. I took a, a bog mold of the profile and then i was just like randomly i was walking past the the back of the car and i was like oh that looks pretty close to the foam that i shaped i would just like whack my bog mold on it and see how close it is and it was like identical and i hadn't i hadn't refined it in any way it was just sort of got a basic shape just to look at and see and see how i was feeling about it and just i guess it's just i guess it's just a natural thing once you're working on something all the time you just you know you're very you can get your shapes very close just by looking at them um so that, that was lucky, but um, yeah, I made the so the made the front bar, made the rear bar, made that second half of the car, and then that was pretty much that's pretty much where I'm at with the Bentley at the moment. The whole so the whole outer envelope's been completely shaped, um, yeah. <laughs> so it's literally everything everything bar the center of the roof has been um, remade and and altered. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a completely like say one off like coach built car. Yeah. So how long have you spent on that? Because to me listening that sounds especially knowing that you've now you've you've just talked to talk to us about one side right so yeah. now you're gonna do the other side to me that yeah. sounds like you've just spent another two and a half years on this car um, how, no, how so, long have you been on that for so i've built it so the whole car there's a, the whole outside of the bentley has been completely built i've spent i've only been at, i've only been at lucky's um for uh, a year and probably seven eight months year and eight months um and i haven't only worked on the Bentley. I've also um, built a pretty much entire F one hundred truck cab um, 
and I've done some few bits here and there on a, on a couple of pickup trucks and yep. um, a Valiant and stuff like that. So I probably would have only spent maybe, say, a year probably on, on the Bentley to create the entire body. Yep. Um, yeah, as I was like, cause, because it's only the outer shell, right? So there's no, um, although there's a lot to do, there's no like real um, intricate workings of the car that I've had to do yet. Like yep. I haven't. Um, I haven't had to figure out, you know, how the door, like I haven't had to build the door frame and how that opens and, and, you know, how the rubber seals and like, you know, just all those real, like that's where a lot of the time, um, a lot of the time is spent on that stuff. Right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow, man. That's, that's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, um, pretty major. Yeah. 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 But so, uh, yeah, that car is like, it's changed sort of everything for me. I guess, I guess that car sort of, um, kind of elevated my profile, I guess, a little bit. Um, it's definitely. I started. I started when I started that car is when I started my like my Instagram and stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's basically what's sort of um, given me any sort of like notoriety or whatever that um, people like attention that people have yeah. come across me is because of this Bentley. Um, right. And I'm you know getting the amount of messages from from uh, metal shapers and coach builders from like sort of all over the world, even people from inside the Bentley design studio and stuff that have yep. reached out to me has been really uh, sort of humbling and stuff, I guess. Um, That's really cool to hear yeah, too. Like really people cool. from, from yeah. Bentley are reaching out to you. That's yeah. Really yeah. Cool. I've had a couple of clay modelers and stuff, um, you know, say that it's sort of caught the attention of some of the designers there and stuff like that. And um, that they're, you know, that they really, have been impressed with what they've yep. seen um, and stuff yeah which is pretty cool nice so okay you've done one side but we're moving over to the other side now how do you go about that is that where your paper patterns and all that sort of gear come in, <coughs> into play um yeah so so um on this on this car i um wanted to try out a, a method that i had seen on youtube um called the flexible shape pattern um from ray shalina pro shaper um and that's basically it's basically a buck but um, bucks are used typically like wood, like, you know, wooden, um, like station bucks or like a wire form and they're very, they're, they're time consuming to make and they're very big. You know, you can't really like if you, if you have you six cars in the shop anyway, and you yeah. build six bucks, you're going to run out of space real quick. Yeah. Um, so they're really good for being able to take the, um, take all the information from the car, but you can store it easy. So a flexible shape pattern is basically a, um, you do a fine layer of the first layer of uh, like a low stick masking tape um, uh, diagonally across the panel, um, not overlapping in any areas. You want to keep between like a one to three mil gap at max. Um, and then you crisscross it the other way with a fiberglass tape. Um, and the fiberglass tape you can overlap because that's where all the strength and stuff is. Um, and then with that, you will, I usually get the laser line out, put, um, lines like stations which would be like sort of like um part of like if i was building a station buck they would be my station so like every sort of 150 to 200 mil um i would do like a, a vertical line and horizontal line across the pattern and then i would take um profile gauges and create um cardboard to start off with because it's faster rough in and then transfer them to an abs like solid um template so each panel would have like sort of 15 or so um stations basically so um the flexible shape pattern gives you the the amount of shape that you need to do in a panel and then yep. the black abs um templates give you the form of the panel 
Yeah. Um, like I said, the way that the panels are arranged. So I, you know, I would take a flexible. I started with the rear quarter. Um, I'd done the flexible shape pattern for the on the one side. Started making my new pattern as you're shaping. You know, you grab your your flexible shape pattern, you put it on the car. I mean, on the on the panel that you're shaping, yep. and then that will tell you. You know, if it's loose in an area, it means you might have to, you know, put it more, more through the English wheel in a section. Or if it's through a reverse curve or something, it might be a little bit loose. You know, you need to shrink it up a little bit in a certain part or whatever it may be. Um, and then once you get, once it's sitting nice on the, on the, um, on the panel, then you can start um, using those templates to start, you know, getting the right form. Um, and that's where you might have to like sharpen up a body line or something like that to, you know, to get the panels as accurate as they can from side to side. Yep. Um, there's always going to be small discrepancies, but I kind of like that. Like that's part of the, the coach built yep. um, thing. Like back in the day when they like at Bentley, when they were making, um, making a car, they would typically have like two guys on one side, two guys on the other side, a guy on the front, a guy at the back, and they would build a car in like a couple of weeks um, or a couple of months or whatever it would be, but both sides were completely different, you know, like because there was two different craftsmen sort of yep. making it. Um, so you'd, you'd so see the same shapes in it, but... Exactly, but it's just slightly, yeah. like if you were to if you were to run a, a laser scanner over it or something like that, like they wouldn't, they wouldn't sort of, you couldn't flip the car inside out and it'd be the same basically, yep. you know, like yep. they are, um, they are different because that's, that's the handmade yep. and that, and that's what we we're sort of going for on this car, like this car, was basically the brief of the car was to, you know, because because Bentley done this, like you know, their coach building was so big in the heritage. It was basically like we thought, okay, what happens if like some rich kid um, had gone to his dad and say, hey, I want, I want a Bentley, um, like I want a four door Bentley, but I want it to look like it was like a Continental. So like as if maybe, um, you know, the the Continental design team and the and the saloon like. Um, sedan design team or something were like drawing a car up in the lunchroom or something like that and this is what they come up with type thing so yeah um, yeah. yeah nice so have you have you ever had a piece that you're working on I just spent like an ungodly amount of time on have you ever had one slots just not end up the way you wanted it and, and getting scrapped or anything like that or have you always been able to <coughs> save anything um, that's gone, gone luckily not luckily luckily not i've i've never um it's it's pretty common thing in the in the metal shaping industry to have like wall hangers yeah. which is basically you know things panels that they're worth shame yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and i've luckily i've never had it i guess the only panel that i spent time on that never it, it didn't ever eventuate was um the first quarter that i done and that was because the car never got finished and just got it just got scrapped yeah um, which is a shame. I wish I still had that quarter panel to hang on my wall. Um, I don't know if I don't. I don't even think the boys. I know. I know Damo took the car, um, but I don't from downtown. But I don't know if. Um, I don't know if he ever kept it or not. So it's most likely gone. Yeah. Unfortunately, it would have been great to have that quarter panel. Um, you know, up on the wall or something. I'll just click over it or something. Really yeah. cool conversation piece for sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, but I mean, I've still got all the photos, but it's, it's not the same, is it? That's right. Um, but uh, no, luckily, luckily not. I did have a section um, on on the HQ bonnet when I was starting. I was making, it was made in, I made like the sort of two outer pieces, including the, the stepped up body line. Um, and that, that's the piece that I started with. And the first, the first thing I did in my head, like I was still I was still learning so much at this time it was just like 
okay, I'll I'll fold the edge, I'll shrink and stretch to get the shape of the gut, like to get the, the right profile of the edge of the guard, and then I'll put the pull max bead in, and I completely just trashed it. So you got thrown in the bin, but that was only like, say like three hours of work. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, that's not the direction. You need to put the pull max bead in first and then tip the edge. Yeah. So luckily there's never been anything where I've spent like, you know, 50 hours on it or something like that and it's been chucked in the bin it's always just been like a couple of hours and i've gone nah, i've gone the wrong direction yeah and i've chucked it in the bin and luckily i haven't done that for you like i haven't done that luckily for years um yeah awesome it's yeah it's been some time since i've made a real like cock up of things yeah yeah so do you find yourself even today like learning new ways to achieve things yeah 100 yeah. um like even with the even with the bentley right like so i was doing say i made the front guard for like the right hand side i made in four pieces um and then on the second side i also made that in four pieces but i made it in four different pieces so like the front on the first time i was like oh you know i'll make this bigger flatter section in one piece and then you know do a couple of smaller other sections and it was not as clean as a result because the the first piece that i'd done was so big and heavy um, it was hard for myself to like, it's hard to wheel with another person for one, yep. but then also it's very hard to wheel massive pieces by yourself. And um, it just got a couple of like imperfections that I wasn't as happy with. Like, so the first side of the Bentley, like I had to spend time like filing and, and, you know, more sort of dress work on the second side of the Bentley it was straight off the tools. Like I hadn't yep. done, I only, the only section that I'd done any filing work was where I welded. I hadn't like the rest of the panel is completely raw. Like there's no tooling marks um, or anything like it's just straight off the tools. So like it's, and it's really clean. Um, and, and when I was doing the front guard, I was like, okay, I'm going to make this part smaller. I'll make this part a little bit bigger, things like that. So it was not really, it wasn't really necessarily like, the wrong way that I done it the first time. It was just another way. I always try and if I can, and I I think that it can be another. It can be done another way without um, adding on too much extra time or um, lessening the result. I'll always try and do it differently the second time, just yep. because I might run into that situation in the future um, where I need to do a car, and it'll be like, oh, I can just do it like this, you know. So. Um, yeah, just just a different, like slightly different process of yeah. of doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So adding a little bit of extra work in one piece that I found a little bit easier the first time to then make, you know, one of the harder pieces, like sort of just besting your averages, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and you and that second piece that you made probably would have been like less time too. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah definitely. Always, yeah. always the way the first one. It, takes it, a it lot usually time. is. Yeah. yeah. Um, although. <laughs> one of the hard things though with the with the second piece is the first the first piece especially when you're doing a custom sort of one-off thing you're just winging it so there's no um like there's no piece that you actually have to match it to yep the second time around you've got to match it to something so yep. there's always that um there's always that extra time spent trying to get accuracy in yep. in that yeah and then that so that they they usually really only come to within sort of like maybe five hours of time saved or something on a on a more intricate piece on, on a shorter piece maybe you might be able to do it faster a fair bit the second time but the first like for for a part a part like the guard i think i only done the guard maybe like three to three to five hours faster it wasn't like a massive yeah 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 nice 
So you've just decided to go out on your own as well? Uh, uh, yes, with, I have. With yes. Bespoke Customs? Tell us, not Bespoke Customs, Bespoke Coachworks, Coach Works, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, yeah, so I just, um, I, I mean, I've always been working for people um, ever since I obviously started in, in sort of the custom sort of industry. And um, I don't know, like I've, I've always felt that I've, I've maybe got something that I can give um, to to the industry like by myself, like, you know, obviously I, I've been, I've been blessed to have some really um, sort of good like shop owners that I've worked for that have given me sort of freedom to um, express my creativity and stuff like that. Um, you know, like, you know, I, I remember stand out with the, with like say at downtown was with the sharp, with sharps engine bay. We had, they had had some shapes in it. Um, Graham had sort of said, Oh, I'm not exactly sure what we want to do with the engine bay here. Um, and I was like, well, just, you know, go and go back in the office or whatever for a bit and let me just come up with something. And, and, you know, he just let me sort of just like, I went and got him and was like, this is my plan. He was like, great, go for it. And yeah. so I was able to do that, you know, and then with the Bentley, um, Ben's basically just giving me free reign to just do whatever I please, um, and just trusting in what I can do. So with that, I've always sort of just sort of thought that there's probably something, you know, once I'm. You know, obviously, they've given me a lot of freedom, but I've never fully been in charge. And I think um, having the freedom to to be completely in charge of how how everything goes, you know, like from the way that the shop looks to the way the unit, like, you know, the way our uniforms look to the way the styling of the cars, yep. um, you know, all, like all of it. Like, it's always just like, there's always just been something missing. Like I've always, yeah. So that's why I've uh, decided that it's just, it's time for me to, to go out on my own. Like I've had yep. so many people in the last sort of year or so um, message me wanting me to build their car. And I've always been held like, Oh, sorry. Like I'm, I'm, I'm currently working for someone or um, you know, like there's, there's been two jobs that I know of that have gone to other shops yep. um, that like, they were very interested to have me build the car, but because I wasn't ready, yep. they had, they had gone elsewhere. And um, that really sort of lit a fire under me to, I, I need to get this done because yep. like I'm, I'm literally just throwing away work, yeah, um, yep. you know, not, not doing it. Um, so, so yeah, uh, I was, I just decided to, I had, I had a client um, want to want me to do a car for them. Um, it's, it's only, it's only a smaller job. It's just finishing off um, some, some other people's work, basically getting, getting them to a finished car. Um, but, the the hook for me was that I'm able to work out of his premises um, to start like for the first like six months. So um, I'm not going to have any rent. So that's going to give me um, the funds to be able to, um, you know, get everything I need to get yeah. started. Yeah. That's a massive boost. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was huge. That was the thing that sort of, that sort of got me. Like it was yeah. like, you know, knock $10 an hour off the, off the price yeah. of your hourly rate. And um and there's your rent and your and electricity and all that sort of stuff and yep. I was like well that's that sold me yeah yeah so what's what's the anxiety level like sort of making that decision um, and just going all right we're gonna go for it yeah it's it's pretty big um like as 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 I mentioned before like I've got another business and and um, at the moment with COVID it's it's dead like it doesn't yeah. exist um last year I lost like eight months or something of income from that business um. Luckily, I had my job with Lucky's, so I was able to still, you know, sort of survive. And then, and then now it's it's gone into lockdown again. I was just thinking, 
it just made me think like, but then, but one thing I've known is that the car industry, it doesn't fully really slow up that much when it comes to a financial crisis. You know, a lot of the time these guys with coach built cars and stuff like that, like they don't go down in value. Um, and it just keeps on pumping on. And last year I just watched Lucky's sort of just go through the roof with the amount of builds that kept on coming into the shop, even through COVID. Yeah. And I was like, this is what I need to be doing. Like it's class as essential work being automotive repair technically um because we all need hot rods right yeah absolutely and, um, i'm all for and, that uh, yeah yeah so um i was like this is where i've got to um sort of put my focus um so i'm not sure what will happen to to my other business but um i know that this is i know that this shop is sort of where my heart fully lies um the anxiety is is quite large obviously um my part my partner like doesn't work because she just looks after our boys yeah. um and because uh, like that that was something I always wanted to do was be able to give them give her the opportunity to spend time as much time as possible with the kids. So um, yeah. that's she was obviously she was, she was do admin and all that sort of stuff for me in the shop. Um, so obviously the anxiety is pretty large, knowing that that's going to be my only income. Um, but then again, I have to be confident and back myself and know um, sort of what I have um, skill wise and. Um, yeah, it's just basically. I just have to be confident because if I'm if I'm too anxious about it, it's just gonna it will just wreck me. I've yeah. got one of those sort of ADD brains um, as it is, so I've yeah. just got to try and stay laser focused. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, yeah. I wish you nothing but luck with it. Not luck. Well, I wish you all the best with it. Yeah, thank you. De- yeah. Definitely not luck. You don't need luck. Anybody <laughs> that's that's seen your Instagram page knows you do. You definitely do not need luck. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just a matter of just finding those jobs, you know. Like it's yeah, um, which which I'm lucky so far. I've got like I've got um, a couple of like smaller ones and and some like I've got like a mega one in the works that it's like I just literally can't even speak about, it, and it's very possible that the car will never be seen, yeah. um, like ever, which is it is sad because it would be good for business, That's but crazy, um, yeah. uh, it's exciting though. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, nice. So we'll wrap we'll wrap it up, mate. Uh, for anyone out there who might want to be getting into metal shaping, where would you suggest they start? And have you got any sort of words of advice? Or... <laughs> um, uh, uh, where to start? Um, I guess YouTube. <laughs> I guess it really like you can't really go past go past YouTube. I'm hoping to once I get my own space in the new year. I'm hoping to um, start doing uh, like a tutorial. Um, yep. I'll, I'll probably start building the 300 SL and start um, just doing like tutorials as i go through that car um things like that there's a lot of tutorials out there um words of advice um i would say um probably not really don't be scared of it it's just metal (laughs) um it's so like you know what's the end it's not the end of the world like if you if you if you you know if you stretch it too much you can shrink it if you if you've shrunk it too much you can stretch it back out um it's really like i said it's only really those four fundamental things that you can do with metal um anyway so i don't know just just do it <laughs> like that's yeah that, that's that, all i've done that in itself like the four fundamentals is, is a pretty good way of looking at it anyway like i mean yeah it's so basic I've, yeah. I've always heard that and even way back uh yeah from from laurie back in the day you know it's don't be a bitch it's just metal yeah you yeah know, well, like, he was a massive inspiration for me for, um, for, yeah. for me hearing that i'm like yeah but it it scares me like oh, yeah, but I'm, why yeah, yeah it's just metal <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, and, yeah and for me i'm trying to get words really nice and whatever else and 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, then looking at his, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, right. Yeah. But yeah, you, what you don't see is the hours that he spent just trying to stack dimes. Yeah, know, that's like, exactly yeah. right. Like, I mean, yeah, I have I have always sort of found it fairly easy um, to to do this, but then again, like, there's so many hours I put in, like. Like I said, like even even just like looking at like staring at cars while you're driving in traffic or whatever, like it's like it's every single part of it's like if you if you really want to be good at it, like say if you're like a, an apprentice or something and you want to get into it, like it's just like obsess. Like you gotta just like like I saw on the on this sheet you said like is there any other outside any other interest outside of metal shaping? It's like no, <laughs> like, yeah. like there's not. Like it's like literally that's all I do. Like it's just like. I just obsess, just obsess about about cars or, or metal and how I can manipulate it or how I can make the design better or you know like I'm I look at I'll go to say like the Roadster Shop or Rad Rides by Troy's like website and I'll look at their I'll look at their photos and I'll zoom in I'll look in the background you know like I'll pay attention to just like every little detail of like you know and it just has to become that obsession to be able to I guess try and get to that sort of um if you if you really want to get to that level or higher level of doing it you just have to it's got to be everything you know for the hobbyist you know you just got to get out there and just start banging on some stuff i guess i guess one of the biggest things which i did speak about in the podcast in the past was is when you're making something always try and make it to make like to match something you know if you're you're making um a lot of guys will go to a metal shaping like class and they'll say make this motorcycle fender but you're not really like yeah you might learn how to shrink and you might learn how to run something on the english wheel but what what motorcycle are you making it to like what wheel does it fit Um, you know like there's nothing all you're doing is just basic like you're doing some basic fundamentals but all the work is in making something fit something you know yeah um yeah, I've seen classes out there. It's like make a miniature 32 Ford um, quarter panel. It's like, yeah, but it doesn't fit a 32 Ford. So like I can make anything look like anything, but it ain't going to fit. Like it's, you've got to be able to make it fit. Otherwise, you're not, you haven't made anything. You've just yeah. made a wall hanger. Made a shape, um, yeah. Yeah. So I think I think that's something that <laughs> I've, got, I've been lucky that I've always had to, like I learned in real time, like, at, at a shop where it was like I was getting paid and it was on customers' dollars. If I wasn't good enough, Graham would have sacked me. Yeah. So like I just had to, I had to do it and I couldn't make a mistake, sort yeah. of thing. So because I was always making it to something, it was, it, I guess that was one of the biggest things. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Mate. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. Let everybody no know where they can find you, mate. Um. So my Instagram is still just Coachworks by Aiden, um, or Best Way Coachworks on on Facebook, um. And uh, yeah, they're the best places. Usually, my Instagram looks exactly like my Facebook, so yep. um, there's nothing too special there. I I do have a Coach Works by Aiden YouTube, um, but obviously that will go through a name change and all that sort of stuff as well. Yep. Um, yeah. And what have you got up on there at the moment? Um, it's just I it was I think it's only maybe like two videos, like a little bit on on tacking a panel. Up. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so a little bit and- of tutorial sort of stuff a little bit of a tutorial yeah. like it's just like it's watching me and i'm speaking i'm sort of voiceovering my um yep. my thing um it's not it's not much i've done it months ago i haven't had any time to do anything else yep. um hopefully in the new year i'll actually be able to set up and actually talk to the camera and yeah and do proper tutorials and i'll start from the very basic of you know paper patterning and, and do all that sort of stuff so awesome 
um, yeah, and not, you know, be doing classes and all that sort of stuff. So sweet. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. man. Thanks for joining me. No worries at all. Appreciate Thanks, it, mate. Cheers. Take, take care. Bye. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening in, and I hope to have you tune in again next week. Don't forget to head over and follow Gather Together on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for Gather Together Podcast. I'd greatly appreciate it if you could share the podcast with a friend and even consider leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice. I look forward to bringing you more next week, so please have a great week and look after each other.